Ladies and gentlemen around the world, welcome to the Film Deviant Podcast. Yeah! Oh my god. What is going on, party people? Party people of the world. Everybody doing good out there? I hope so. I'm going to read you an excerpt from one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, And then I'll introduce my guest for today's episode. Um, So here goes. It's from the lovely book Discover the Horror, which came out uh, last year. And I was actually, I was uh, there for the in-person signing uh, from my good friend whom I'm I'm about to introduce. So here's the excerpt. Uh, It was at this particular show where we met another Chicago area fan that had made the trip. His name was Brian, quotes, Kevin Martinez. We were introduced to him by a mutual friend, Wisconsin filmmaker John Pata, whom I hope to have on this show at some point, um, the Saturday night of the show. And we started talking and talking. By the time we decided to, uh, that we should head back to our hotel rooms, it was around 4 a.m. There is something about having a conversation with someone uh, when everything just clicks. It doesn't mean you agree on everything, but you have some sort of connection. 
And that's what it was like with Brian. We had such a connection that I just, I, I couldn't escape him in my dreams. And I just, <laughs> sorry, did, was that me? <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, my guest for today's episode is my good friend, my good, good friend, Mr. John Kitley. Welcome to my show, John. Please don't make this painful. <laughs> How you doing, man? How's everything with you? I'm awesome. Days? Yeah? Life is wonderful. Life is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I start singing zippity-doo-dah in a minute? I mean, so... We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic going on. By the way, I can we I swear on my podcast show, so you're free to say whatever you want. You know, I know in your book you do uh, drop a lot of juicy tidbits. You know, a lot of uh, who's who and what's what of the horror genre uh, scene, mm-hmm. right? So you you definitely. Um, you tell it like it is, which is what one of the things that I do love about this book. Um, and I do. Did you name the title of it, by the way. I did, I said it in the did beginning. You? Okay. Yeah. What the f- <laughs> you can edit that out. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> one man's fifty-year quest for monsters, maniacs, and the meaning of it all. Are you? Can you shut that fucking thing off? <laughs> I'm trying to do a goddamn show here, John. Is that, uh, okay. So anyway, Discover the Horror by Mr. John Kitley. Mine is signed um, on the cover with gold ink. <laughs> I requested yeah, I that one day. I don't even remember signing that. Like yeah, I remember. I, I, I forced you to sign it because you didn't. You were like, I'm not signing the cover. And I was like, no, you're signing the cover in this gold ink. I, I, I should have known then. What this relationship was going to be like, I should have known. Dude, this was a year ago when you did this. It was not, was it? Yeah. This was during Horror Hound last year, remember? I keep thinking of Hidden Horror. Never mind. (laughs) I don't even know where my brain is right now. No, this this book is, um, this is your first uh, published book on your own. Yeah. 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 How's the reception been for this this guy? So far, pretty good. I mean, it's got... um, it's got good reviews. Um, yeah. Sold quite a few at shows. Um, was hoping to sell a few more this year at shows, yeah. but that yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the intent of what I was trying to do, I think, is um, people are understanding and recepting, re- being receptive of what it, my point was, mm. and they're uh, they're connecting with a lot of the stories, even though it might not have happened to them, because they're all the same. We're all the same kind of film fans. Yeah. They relate to it, yeah. so it, it. While reading it, you can understand my story and my plight and all that because you're kind of everybody's kind of the same way, yeah, to a degree, yeah. And that's um, you know, when you read this book, it's like you're part of that conversation, which I think that's the goal that you set out to do, right? Like, you, it, it's sort of like when we first met, um, like what I just read in the book, not not the uh, the dreaming of me part, but. The part where we were like basically talking till four a.m. in the morning, like we've done that on several occasions. Yeah. So um, you sort of get like, like if if you don't already own this book, I totally recommend it. Just based on that, like I feel like it's not these books that you read, and it's like you know a lot of them are very uh, scholarly, or they're talking about certain you things. Think. What's that? Thanks. 
<laughs> yeah, this book is not scholarly at all. <laughs> it's written in finger paint. <laughs> I didn't mean it in that way. <laughs> but no, it's 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 an honest book. That's what I meant. <laughs> um it's like, I don't know, like, it feels like, uh, often feels like a journal. It often feels like, you know, there's a lot of experiences that you share in the book, which I think is really cool. There's the, 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 the chapter on Fulci, which is worth the price alone. It's like, it's an amazing experience. Like, you know, anybody who's ever met any one of these icons, and, you know, sadly, Fulci is long past now, but John got to meet him, and it's in the book, the whole experience. And there's like, a ton of experiences that John has endured throughout the years. <laughs> but like I said, it's, it's told in a very honest manner. It's very candid. Um, it's a lot of your heart in this. And that's what I mean more when I say, like, when you read something and it feels stiff, it feels like there's not uh, personality in it. And this one is just bleeding with personality, which I love. So if you haven't picked this one up, if you love horror, if you love people just discussing their experiences, this is one of those books that does that perfectly. It just, it, it encompasses, uh, like it says on the cover, one man's 50-year quest for monsters, maniacs, and the meaning of it all. Um, so, like, after you wrote this book, was it, like, cathartic for you? Did you get a lot of stuff off your chest that you've been meaning to? Um, yes and no. I mean, it, it, it took five years that I know of, it probably took longer than that Yeah, <clears throat> to get it finalized. Um, I mean, it took a long time to decide what it was going to be. Mm. What, first of all, is anybody going to want to read this? Yeah. Because it is just my thoughts, my opinions and stuff. Um, but it, it, it came to the point of this is, I'm just going to tell my stories uh, because I've been doing it for so long. I'm sure people are going to, be somewhat interested, at least I hope, mm. because again, we're all film fans, we're all horror fans. So even if I'm talking about meeting Fulci and you were talking about meeting Kane Hodder, I mean, it could have the same relevance. Right. I personally don't think so, but it wouldn't be. Um, but it, it's the same thing, and and trying to keep it as personal as I could because I want that conversation aspect. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not trying to preach, I'm not trying to. Um, go the scholarly route right <laughs> and uh where it's just facts and facts and facts yeah, i wanted yeah. to be more this is my story this is how i became where i'm at now um and just to give people an idea of it, that there's a lot of when i started there was a lot of you you had fans that before the internet you didn't connect mm -hmm. you thought you were the only one sitting in your living room that was this that was this passionate about movies and stuff. So, um, this is showing to everybody that you're one of millions. Yeah. Um, and now with the internet and everything, it's in conventions. It's so much more easier to uh, to make those connections. Yeah. Um, which is really the goal. Now you speak about you know uh, the the way that the internet is now and. You know, I'll, I'll speak to it a little bit. I actually, in one of my previous, uh, most recent episodes, I, I, I just fucking, I went on a half, like a half hour rant about how the internet sucks. And, and it, it's like often, it's, a, it's like a wormhole 
into all the, these like negative things and whatnot. Like I, I was talk, I was discussing how uh, I simply went out there and I was like, "Hey, I, I love this uh, bat, the tra- the new trailer for the Batman." And then I'm met with all these crazy comments saying, "Oh no, that fucking trailer sucks. Fuck you," and all that kind of stuff, right? Like I think there is something to be said for the way that culture and just the scene is today compared to you know like I'm I grew up in the late 70s early or you know all the 80s where there was no internet you know like it was you you had to like search out a fango you had to um my my door into Italian horror and I've said this before was uh, uh Dario Argento's World of Horror like that's how I found Oh my God! So he made this movie and this movie, and <laughs> and like I memorized all these uh, images, and I was just trying to track all these images down. You know, at one point, I, I mentioned to AC, our our mutual friend Aaron, how uh, Terror in the Isles was a big one for me because that that when I saw that, I was like, okay, I, I have a list now of stuff that I need to track down. I didn't know like you know Stallone made this movie with Rutger Hauer, and you know it's like. All this stuff just opened up to me. It's not like you go online and you Google something and then something pops up and then like now you have a whole list in front of you made for you um, to discover, you know. So this Discover the Horror kind of spans back through those years. Through So it's like you've seen all these different generations, you know, right. like coming up, you know. So in your own way, like how would you... Like, obviously, everything's easy, right? Like, these days, you could just click on a fucking streaming service and watch any movie you want these days, right? But we're still holding on to our physical collections, our physical media. I am. I, you know, I know you, you've taken the route of, uh, like, dispensing of, like, the covers and stuff like that. But I, collect, I, I collect movies, not DVDs, cases. <laughs> so ex- explain that real quick, like... Well, when you have... Because um, there's, there's people out there that'll fucking sell, like, the slip covers that come. Yeah. They'll sell them for, like, crazy prices on eBay. <laughs> when you have over 5,000 titles, you run out of room. Yeah. So, um, I don't remember how many years ago. Five, <clears throat> probably about 10 years ago, maybe. Man, mm-hmm. has it been that long? <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> I made the decision. I just buy the cases, and I take the DVDs or the Blu-rays out and put them in a sleeve. Mm-hmm. So each case holds 600 movies. So And then what do you do with the... I the put cover? them in boxes and file them away. Or So you, you keep them? You just yeah, them I have away. no idea where they're at. I mean, they're <laughs> down in the basement somewhere. But, yeah. um, but again, when you have over 5,000 titles, you can't physically... I would rather have posters on the wall than yeah. a wall of right. DVDs. right. And, and you're so methodical in the way that you do it because, like, if you're looking for a movie, you have everything filed. And right? a spreadsheet. Otherwise, yeah. you can't find what you're looking right. for. So, yeah. <laughs> 5,000 movies. I, yeah, I could imagine. Yeah. Um, but going back to your point as far as the pre-internet and stuff, I mean, it, it like everything in life, there's pros and cons to the internet. There is a ton of negativity. Mm-hmm. But, a ton of it. But if... You can use it for a positive. Um, one of the benefits of the internet, just for an example, a um, few years ago, uh, I think it was after a turkey day. I don't know if you were there when we watched Metamorphosis. Okay. Alien Deadly Spawn 2. Uh-huh. Did, were you here for that? I think so, yeah. Okay. So immediately I wanted to know everything I could about that movie. Mm-hmm. And, and within two weeks, 
because of Facebook and the internet, mm-hmm. I was able to find the director, yeah. uh, two of the makeup guys, I think actually three of the makeup, and the set designer, yeah. and ended up interviewing them for Horror Hunt. Nice. So pre-internet? Yeah, there was none of that. You would have, <laughs> where do you write the studio? Right. <laughs> and hope you could find whoever it was? Yeah. Um, so it, 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 there is positives to it. And the fact that I can talk to someone in Belgium mm-hmm. about a movie and chat back and forth, whether it's live chat or just through email, mm-hmm. um, that's a positive thing because yeah. you can you can interact throughout the whole world. Yeah, you just the problem is you have all the negativity and, and it's easy to hide behind uh, a computer and, and rant and rave and, and blah 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 about bitching about movies or. Mm-hmm. Whatever, because it, it's a safe zone. Yeah, you just gotta ignore those people, leave that alone, and use it to connect in a <clears throat> in a positive way um, to promote something. The independent film genre thrives on the internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they live and die on the internet, mm. and you can have a two thousand dollar film that you put up a YouTube trailer, mm-hmm. and it can instantly hit the world. Yeah. You couldn't do that 30 years ago. Right. So there's a lot of positives if you use it that way. Now, have you been tested for this uh, this COVID-19 thing? <coughs> no. Because <laughs> that's like the first, one of the most positive things that I've heard you say. <laughs> like, period. <laughs> I am drinking, so. No, but you're, you got an amazing point. Like, the, it's almost like the internet has definitely made things smaller, right? Like. I, I'm able to wish Jaretta a happy birthday. Yeah, where I, I couldn't do that before. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's it's just like anything. I mean, you can go to a conventions, and I know, especially even in in my book. Yeah, there's a lot of negative things that I say about modern day conventions, mm-hmm. mainly because I was there before the change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I still go to conventions. Well, not this year, but. Yeah. In general, I still go to conventions because I like meeting different fans. Mm-hmm. And when we're set up as vendors there, there's nothing better than sitting and standing there and talking to someone for 15, 20 minutes. Even if they don't buy anything from yeah. us, you make that connection with people. Yeah. Um, some of, point, case in point, some of my best friends I've met through mm-hmm. conventions. Right, right. You, AC. Um, everybody. Like. Yeah, pretty much everybody is. <laughs> yeah. We've made this lasting uh, friendship because we met through conventions, and mm-hmm. that's even till uh, through today. So, yeah, there's a lot of negativity as far as the stars are usually charging way too much money, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of negativity stuff. But you can now still use those for a positive yeah. outlook. And you know, it's, it's it's funny you do say that, but like, even though they're charging all these crazy you know prices now and. You know, even some of the more obscure people are charging <laughs> quite quite a bit these days. Like, people are still buying. Like, they're still paying for yeah. this shit, you know. And I mean? they'll still charge as long as people are buying. Right, right. If and people stop buying, they would stop charging. And, you know, like, I mean, there's something to be said for that. Like, we fucking, we flew down to Texas to meet Dario Argento. <laughs> you know what I mean? So who am I to say, oh, don't, like, you know, pay this or whatever for something that you... But, like, everybody has a moment with a lot of these that's what's cool about the horror genre i think is that you know you you you're coming from a place of uh like this genuine nostalgia you know it's not like like obviously you know there's something to be said for 
um, marketing somebody that was in a movie, you know, 20 years ago and then like hiking up the prices and having like a picture opportunity and all that stuff. Right. But but to some degree, like maybe the person that's one of their dreams, you know what I mean? So who am I to say, oh, you shouldn't pay like $30 to meet like an extra from The Walking Dead? Like, I'm sure somebody out there is happy and that's like fulfilling a thing for them. You know what I mean? Right, right. And and one of the orig- one of the chapters in my book, the original draft was a wee bit more negative on yeah. this. <laughs> um, but I had to really pretty much rewrite it and tone it down because I started to realize that um, there's movie posters that I've paid a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars for. Yeah. Someone else would go, "You're nuts to pay that much money for a, for anything for a poster." Yeah. So what's the difference for me paying a hundred and fifty dollars for a movie poster, than some kid paying seventy five dollars to meet a guy that was in Walking Dead for three seconds? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is, I mean, if it, if they're happy about it and that's fine, mm-hmm. granted that poster is still going to be worth $150 mm-hmm. or more, maybe more <laughs> in a couple of years. And that autograph is going to depreciate in value the minute you walk away from the table. But if it makes the fan happy, you, right. you can't, it's an experience. It's they're... an experience. You can't belittle that. The problem is they don't know anything other than that. Yeah. Um, and that's the sad part because now that it now it has become a business, yeah. where you go up to meet a celebrity, they're there to make money. Mm-hmm. They are not there to meet their fans. And some of them, and don't get me wrong, some of them are super friendly to their fans. Mm-hmm. They're super nice. They go out of the way talk to them. But you come up to my table and give me a hundred bucks, I'll be your best friend for five minutes. Yeah. Um, it's a job. Yeah. Where pre all of this. When you went up to a celebrity at a table and told them you enjoyed their work in a movie, they were just freaking honored that you knew who they were. Right, right. So it was a different, it wasn't a business. Right. It was a really fan and and, and actor, director, whoever. The relationship was a lot different. And I think the honesty between, oh, I'm a huge fan of your work, I think it was a lot different than it is now. Yeah. But now having said that, there are still some places out there that do still sort of hold true that spirit, right? Like, uh, for example, Cinema Wasteland. I feel like when when I go to a Cinema Wasteland, there's still, like, the obscure um, celebrities uh, that mean something to somebody in a totally deeper way. You know what I mean? Yeah, they and Wasteland, I think, is one of the few, and maybe Monster Bash. Mm. Um, yeah, that one, too. Are yeah. one of the, or the few, some of the fewer shows that I've, that we go to on a regular basis where they still have the the original concept of what a movie convention was mm-hmm. still lives there intact it's still intact they yeah. still now granted you still have to fight with the celebrities to get the prices of the autographs down which I know Wasteland does all the time yeah um but it's again it's still about the celebrity about the guests and the fan more so than the business part of it. Now, when you say fighting with the celebrity, is that like pre-booking or whatever? Is yeah, that... depending on telling them that we don't, you can't be charging fifty dollars for right. an autograph. But now that's interesting because now, like some of these other conventions have like skyrocketed the prices. So some of these celebrities are probably like, "Well, I want to get in on the action. I want to get right. paid." You know. But then a lot of the celebrities that go to say uh, Wasteland, mm-hmm. 
you go to they take them to uh, Day of the Dead, mm. Days of the Dead, or Whorehound. Yep. Most of those fans are not even going to know who these people are. Right, right. Because it's Cinema Wasteland thrives on cult exploitation, out of the ordinary type of stuff. Now that's interesting too, because when I went to, um, I, don't, I don't mean to like name calls, you know, uh, certain these certain uh, conventions or whatever, or throw them under the bus, but. When I went to like a Days of the Dead, right, and I think it was the one, I want to say uh, Corey Feldman was there in Indianapolis. Yeah, that's the one that I went with you. Um, Barbara Magnolfi was like her fucking table was just you know fucking crickets everywhere. You know what I mean? Which to me I was like, what the fuck, you know? But totally different when we went to. Um, was she at uh, Texas? Yes. Uh, Frightmare? Yeah. yeah. She was there with some of the other... But the uh, other... I don't remember her name. The other one from Suspiria that was there. Yeah. And then uh, your buddy there. Claudio was there. Yep. Claudio Simonetti. No, no uh, your other buddy. Um, the one that... Uh, Mr. Grabass. <laughs> I'm blanking on his name. Um... He was in that Warhol uh, Frankenstein movie. Oh, Udo Kier. Yeah. Yes. Udo Kier. He yeah. was there, too. What the hell are you talking about? Yes. Yeah, that story's not in the <laughs> I love the guy, but he can't keep his hands to himself. <laughs> um, but no, like, um, they had a great reception there, my point is. Like, they, yes. the whole panel had an amazing reception there. And when you go to something like, um, you know, Cinema Wasteland, that's how it always... The 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 atmosphere is like that all the time, you know? Yeah, and, and the guests that, that Ken gets, I mean, they're treated like royalty there yes. because they're not... You're not going to see them at a normal show, and, and the people that go to Wasteland treat them with res- the respect that they deserve. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you'll see some of these other... And, and this... Completely, and I will admit, is a grumpy old man syndrome where, hmm. because I've been doing this for so long, you'll go to a convention, for example, last year at Whorehound, um, there was a replica of Christine mm. that you could get mm. a photo op with. Yeah. That had a bigger line than Barbara Steele. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> oh my God. a little part of you dies inside. You just, you just fucking hit yeah. me with a dagger. I mean, you have Barbara yeah. Steele, one of the greatest Italian actress yeah. icons. Yeah, icon is... And she has five or six people in her line, you know, and then there's this Christine replica that's got a line. Yeah. And you're just going, I don't... How is this even happening right now? I don't get it. I don't get it. But on the same token... it hurts my heart. One of the explanations that it helps me sleep at night, um, I was at a show a few years ago and Lance Hendrickson was there. And I think it was one of the first shows that I had seen him at. Nicest dude, by the way. Probably one of the nicest celebrities you can meet. I mean, completely down to earth. Um, and I'm sitting there looking at his table, and there's five or six people in line. Yeah. Three tables down is Kane Hodder, mm-hmm. and he's got a line going down the whole aisle. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, what the hell? Yeah. Fucking, this is Lance Henriksen, <laughs> yeah. Aliens, and Terminator, all these great movies. Pumpkinhead. And yeah, and you got fucking Kane Hodder. Yeah. But then you start to think about it. If you're a new horror fan, yeah. you're going to be into Friday the 13th. Right. And if you're into Friday the 13th, you're going to know who Kane Hodder is. Yeah. So if you're starting out in the genre, Kane Hodder is going to be the god. Right, right. So it, as much as I'm 
that it irritates me that Lance Hendrickson's over there by himself, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. These guys are still new. They're still young to the to the, the genre. Mm-hmm. They still haven't learned yet. <laughs> but again, that's one of the points of my book is to hopefully people follow the same path and look beyond that. Because I was that same person. Mm. I was the same person 30, 40 years ago. You mm-hmm. don't know. You haven't experienced that much that yet. That much yet. So eventually you just hope that they get there. Yeah. And that they still have money after spending all the money on autographs. Yeah. Now, now th- maybe this is sort of a little tease, a teaser from the book or whatever. But do you have... Um, I told you I was dreaming. <laughs> I, here I am trying to like... Be real quiet about opening my cough drop wrapper, and he's opening it. <laughs> but do you have like any experience? I'm sure you do. Like experiences that stand out, um, like in your uh, vast over fifty year quest of you know meeting these people or whatever. With celebrities? Yeah. Um, a few. Um. Anything that like just blew your mind? Well, the the very first show that I went to, the first horror convention I went to in in 1988, mm-hmm. I had never met anybody famous before. And you're standing there, and one of the first celebrities that I see is Kurt Hammett from Metallica. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not even at the show; he's oh, just there, just hanging out, just yeah. standing. Over like what there. they do at um, Monster Palooza. You see a lot yeah. of people just hanging yeah. out. There. Yeah. So you're standing in line and going, "That's." That's Kurt Hammett. Yeah. Um, and then you, when I was in the dealer room, I come walking out of the dealer room to go to the auditorium, and there's George Romero standing oh, there signing yeah. autographs. Yeah. And for now, for how much? Uh, free. <laughs> yeah. Those were free. I'm sure if you're like a, a new listener and you're hearing that you didn't have to pay a fucking dime no. to, for an autograph, that blows um, your mind. You didn't pay for photo ops. Nope. Uh, so, I mean, that weekend I seen Robert Englund. Anthony Perkins, mm. Roddy McDowell, just all these oh icons that you grew up watching. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it's mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to meet Fulci, getting to meet mm. Paul Nashi. That mean, Fulci one, I mean, you, you describe it really eloquently in the book, but that one was like a life-threatening situation, right? Afterwards, yeah. It took us a while yeah. to get home. We yeah. got stuck in a snowstorm a in blizzard. Pennsylvania. <laughs> Where it shut down the roads for for two days. I'm sure if you're listening to this and you 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 have the sort of you know you can meet Fulci, but you'll be stuck in a snowstorm. I'm sure you're going to meet Fulci. Like, well, that was the whole joke. Is, fuck, I don't care if I die. I'm, I'm, right. I got to meet Fulci, and yeah. then you're driving home going, "I was kidding. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was kidding. I didn't really say or mean that I wanted to die." But yeah, we got stuck in the snow and in some flea bag motel. And we're stuck in Pennsylvania for two days until they open the roads. Yeah. Oh, my so God. That, 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 that's a running joke between you and I, too. It's like we never travel anywhere, like, in the winter because we'll... Not, not to Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get caught in yeah. a snowstorm. Um, but it, 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 it's one of those things that growing up as a fan thinking, I'm not going to meet Lucio Fulci. Yeah. The guy's Italian. He yeah. doesn't do really conventions. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to meet Paul Nashi. He lives in fucking Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? But yeah. all of a sudden you see them listed on a show, like, oh, fuck, of course I'm going to be there. Yeah. And you get to go there and you get to meet them. Mm-hmm. And, shit, I got so many posters signed from Nashi, didn't cost uh, me a dime. And Oh, my God. Uh, but but just 
to see him. Yeah. Here's this guy that you've been idolizing for years and years and watching his movies that doesn't even live in the country and mm. you get to be able to meet him. That's, That's the beauty of conventions. Yeah. And that still holds true even today. Yeah. For the most part. Now on the with a price. <laughs> with a price because as I've said there's always that positive and negative. Yeah. There's one the one negative it shows is I don't go up to a lot of the celebrities anymore. Mm. Because if you see behind the curtain sometimes, yeah, yeah, it'll just crush your dreams. Yeah. So you'll, you know, oh, I love this actor. He's, oh, I love this guy. He's great in movies. Mm -hmm. And then you see him being a real prick. Yeah. You can't even watch the movies anymore because every time you see him, you go, that guy's a fucking dick. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm not going to mention his name. Uh, but that, that happened to me. I, I volunteered for a, one of the earlier Days of the Dead. Um, and, uh, you know, on the flip side, on the good, on the cool side, um, Sid Haig, one of the coolest people I ever met. I, to this day, I'm like, that was an amazing experience. <laughs> like, like being his assistant for a day or whatever, you know. Um, but on the other side, I won't mention his name, but I'll mention his character. Uh, Jerry Dandridge wasn't the coolest guy. <laughs> it was a total all business. Oh, all, all my gosh, business. all business. All like, where's somebody? Somebody get me my latte, please. Like one one of those. You know, on the, to, to add to that though, here's the other the funny thing. At, at mm -hmm. one of the shows, they did a Fright Night reunion, mm -hmm. and I was getting uh, posters signed by all of them. Yeah, and I went up to Amanda Beers. And Great, amazing. Just person. went to sign oh it, God. and she's like, "Well, you're going to get a photo, right?" Yeah. And I'm like, well, "No, I just need the signatures." No, you are getting a photo. Yeah. Came around the table, yep. grabbed me to do the photo op. I mean, not a photo op, but just mm -hmm. at the table. Yeah. One of the most personable, friendliest yep. celebrities, and that's the the most positive aspect yeah. when you meet a celebrity. The other one is on the flip side when you're standing there looking, and they go, "Are you going to buy something?" Yeah. <laughs> that's where you just walk away going oh why did i even go up there right right but but yeah like just to add to amanda beers my uh because she was there too when i was uh volunteering and i brought my friend who's a, an amazing uh photographer but he loves amanda beers like like from when he was young you know mm -hmm. like he's always loved amanda beers had a, a bit of a crush on her and whatnot but i was there um as her assistant which really wasn't a lot of work because she brought her, uh, at the time, her girlfriend. I'm not sure if they're married yet or whatever, but um, she was there and her daughter was there. So I was just hanging out with them while Amanda Beers is signing all this stuff. So I mentioned to her girlfriend, um, oh my God, my friend, biggest fucking fan. Like he's, he would drop dead if like he met you. And so she was like, okay, hold on, let me, let me talk to Amanda real quick and they set this thing up where like okay call your friend and I texted him to come over and he was like the shyest guy but she was she signed anything he wanted he took she took pictures with him like the sweetest person mm -hmm. you know what I mean and you don't get that like when you go to a lot of these conventions like no. you said they're like business get, only give me the fucking money <laughs> yeah yeah but then you get um I don't know if this is in the book or not but we were at a show and um Oh my God! His name just left. <laughs> That'll often happen when you're recording an episode. By the way, that's why I, um, I try to take notes and whatnot. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, my mind is. But well, while you're while you're thinking of this, um, Evil Ed. Oh, uh, Stephen Jeffries. Yeah, he 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 want he fucking he wanted me so bad that day. Okay, <laughs> he wanted anyway, to take me to his hotel room. Uh, crazy maybe thing. you can hook up with him and <laughs> Miles O'Keefe. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he was in Ator. He was in a bunch of Swords yep. Animal movies mm-hmm. uh, in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was across from us. And a friend of mine, a mutual friend of mine, John Stone, mm-hmm. who is mentioned in this book, yep. huge Hercules, Peplum, uh, Sword and Sandal movie guy. Yep. So I, he sent me a bunch of Tarzan stuff for him to sign. Okay. So my wife Dawn had taken it over there to get him signed. And he came over to the table at one point. We're talking about him working in Italy. And I said, you know, a friend of mine's just like a nuts fan over for you yeah if i give him a call would you mind saying hi to him he's like oh yeah no problem so nice. i call up stone yeah. and i'm like hey john hang on a second Get on the phone he no t- context or anything. he just talked to him for 15 minutes oh my god that's amazing and it was just like yeah the show wasn't that busy if he would have had people there we obviously wouldn't have done that yeah yeah but he's sitting there talking he gives him his phone back and of course my Buddy John's like, you asshole. <laughs> but that's what I was going to add. You didn't even tell him the I thing. I didn't you even tell him. I'm on. like, here, someone Boom. wants to talk to you. And, oh, my God. <laughs> hey, this is Miles O'Keefe. But it, it was sincere. It wasn't. Yeah. There was no money exchange there. He yeah. was just. Good conversation. He was just yeah. a good. And when we were talking about working in Italy and stuff, it had nothing to do with business. Yeah. It was a fan asking someone that had worked in the business mm-hmm. about his work. Yeah. And. I think that's what's really lost is because people want to know these, you know, the little the ins and outs of the business. And, I mean, especially in the Italian industry, yeah. we've heard from multiple conventions multiple stories where yeah. you got five people speaking five different languages yeah. trying to act with each other, yeah. which I still have trouble trying to comprehend. How are you supposed to make a connection with someone and you don't even know what the hell they're saying? Right, right. Um, but that's, what, that's <clears throat> the way it is, and you don't learn that stuff. Unless you get to meet these people and they're very upfront and open and, and talk to you and give you these wonderful stories. But yeah. I don't know. There's still hope. There's still people out there that I think are like that that haven't been corrupted by the system and realize it's more important to make money than make fans. But yeah. Well, you know, that's, there's another side to that too. Like once things get sort of back to normal and we're able to go check out conventions again, you know, that, who knows when that'll be. Um but like now, during all this crazy pandemic craziness, like, ha- have you been occupying yourself? Um, you know, like maybe writing another book or um, watching other. Cool I have watched movies? more movies this year than I have okay. ever. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this in previous episodes too. Um, you do an amazing thing called Turkey Day, um, yes. which. It saddens me that it was done uh, online. <laughs> via online yeah, this this particular year, but it's just this amazing event where you gather a group of like-minded individuals to watch these <clears throat> quote-unquote turkeys, deemed turkeys, and we just have an amazing time. Like, right. talk about how you like conceive that idea. You know? Well, I I stole it. Um, <laughs> Mystery Science Theater, when they were still on Comedy Central, Mm -hmm. the day after Thanksgiving, they would do their Turkey Day Marathon, and they would show 24 hours of Mystery Science Theater. Mm -hmm. So 
um, 2003, I decided I'm going to do this, not 24 hours, I'm not nuts, <laughs> um, but I'm going to spend Black Friday sitting down and watching what I call cinematic shipwrecks or turkeys or not bad movies because if it's entertaining, it's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, and I did it for two years by myself, which mm. I don't know if I would recommend. Um, <laughs> two years by yourself. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and then 2005, I met Aaron, yep. AC, yep. and he's been coming ever since. Yeah. And I would always try to get people to invite him. And mm. the idea, I think people went, um, really? Uh, I, well, that's, that's, I'm busy. That's what I... And then the first time you showed up, yep, yep. when you first got here, you got me off to the side and seriously whispered, we're not really going to just watch <laughs> bad movies all day, are we? But by the end of the day... I was a believer. You were a believer. Yeah. You were you understood it. And it, it. these are not top quality films. Some of them are... Some of them are painful. Some, some of, them of them are them, painful. Oh, my God. But it's... The, headless and eyes. There is, and there is laughing. Headless eyes. And there is, some, there is making fun of, but... There is also a deep appreciation for yeah. what these people are trying to get done. Some of these guys had no money. Mm -hmm. They had no talent. Mm -hmm. But they got their movie made, and they got it out there, sometimes at the drive-in or even shot on video. Yeah. Um, but it's when you have a like-minded group of people that are almost connected watching these things, mm -hmm. it's a riot. Dude, I have more fun watching these movies at these events, at Turkey Day. Um, than I do watching like a fucking masterpiece movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's just much more entertaining because it's just some of it is just so ludicrous. And we usually always watch one or two <laughs> like old fifties sci-fi horror film. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just the, the explanation of science mm -hmm. sometimes is just like, <laughs> oh, this is radioactive. Here, I put it in water. It's okay now. Top three experiences for Turkey, Turkey Day. Yeah, top three oh. movies. Um, a muck train. Okay, was that was a was pretty fun epic. one? <laughs> that was pretty epic. Uh, Winter Beast was pretty good. Winter Beast was amazing. That was um, a transcendental experience. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. See, that it's hard to pick them because there's some of them you're not really sure if they're going to play off well. Mm -hmm. But then other times it's just like they explode and people have. I mean, just people go nuts. One of them, the, the ironic thing, there was a movie called Satan's Blade. Oh, my God. Was that what you were here, like, the first was, year? Yep. No, that, was, that wasn't was that first my year's? first year. Okay. Well, anyway, we watched Satan's Blade, which yeah. is an old 80 slasher, and it's, it's okay. <laughs> the best part was there was a behind-the-scenes, and one of the extras is an interview with the director. Yep. <laughs> we had more fun watching that because it was made so ineptly. <laughs> It was so terribly made. Mm -hmm. It was a riot. I oh mean, we God. were laughing oh our ass God. off. And it was it was during one of you know like at the end of these movies, you get up and you you know you eject it or whatever you do. But it was like, oh, let's just see what's going. Yeah, look you know? at this interview. <laughs> and all of a sudden, oh my God, yeah. the best. It that was, was that was. Oh right. my God. But I mean, we've been doing it. Aaron started two thousand five, and then maybe two thousand seven or eight, mm -hmm. more people started coming. Mm -hmm. And then now there's probably five that never miss one. Yeah. They're always here. Yeah. Um, and uh, granted, it might be something to do with the pizzas. <laughs> but it, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And, and it's not like MST where we're just goofing on the movies and making fun of them. Yeah. Um, 
Because there's a few of them that a lot, some of them go, that's not really a turkey. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. But again, a turkey doesn't mean that it's a bad movie. Right. It's the the one that we watched. Um, I'm not sure if it was for a Turkey Day. It might have been for <laughs> Turkey Day 2019, actually. But the one where the fucking dog is like the the serial killer of the movie, and he hunts. I'm not talking about Tenebrae. Oh, 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 Crash. <laughs> crash. Yeah. Was that during a turkey yeah. day? Yeah. Because I, 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 after I was done, I was like, I kind of want to own this movie. You know? <laughs> well, no, there's, there's, I don't think there's a turkey day that goes by that one or two people are not on the yeah. phone. Amazon, yep. Yep. eBay, <laughs> got it. I'll have it next week. Oh, my God. Yeah. But that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to after all this, like. I, I hate to say blows over because I feel like there's it's gonna be around for a while. But once things start to get back to normal, I can't wait to go to like another. We'll just do day. it while all we're like contamination suits, nice. like from contamination <laughs> yeah. or a Bruno Mattei movie. We'll all have uh, white suits on. Nice, yeah. Um, jeez, any anything that you've seen recently that you wouldn't mind recommending? Oh fuck. Um, Devil's Doorway. Okay. Which is an Irish film, and it's found footage of first person, which I hate. Okay. But it's not bad. Okay. Um, I, I, I recently read a book. Uh, is that a newer one? Yeah. Um, yeah, within the last few years. Okay. Um, I just finished a book called 1,000 Women in Horror. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a huge book, but I highly recommend it because yeah. I came out of that with like... 20 or so movies yeah. oh I need to watch this I need to find this I need to find this yeah. um, a lot of familiar names in that book too right? there are a lot of people that yeah, that, yeah. Um, people that we've known and plus a perfect example is so Paul Blaisdell mm-hmm. did monster he created monsters for like the old IP, mm-hmm. AIP movies It Conquered the World Invasion of the Saucer Men he made the, the suits and the monsters and mm-hmm. a lot of times was in the suit yeah his wife Jackie is listed in that book because really? she helped him with the costumes and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So the fact that she's not even in the business, she was right. just this wife that was helping him. Yeah. They put her in the book. And oh, I, I came cool. across that and I'm like, that is really cool. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. she did have an important part of this, but she's never gonna get any recognition. Yeah. But at least this author felt that, you know what, she's part of the business. Yeah. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. But they awesome. mentioned people from all over the world mm-hmm. uh women that are in the genre mm-hmm. and it's pretty eye-opening because even when i it's a learning thing because when i started uh you, you there wasn't right. women women girls didn't like horror movies right. you know they were on screen getting chased yeah but you, you couldn't have a serious conversation about friday the 13th or or deadly spawn mm-hmm with a girl right you know right. but now i've been so many conventions i've had so many passionate conversations with female horror fans mm-hmm. they're just like us mm-hmm. a I lot mean, of them know more than i like oh my god one of my one of my uh <laughs> first not one of my first but we had a halloween party and a, a friend of ours phil mm-hmm. brought a, a friend of his uh kirsten mm-hmm. uh Kristen, and uh we were doing pictionary horror mm-hmm. pictionary and it was Deadly Spawn. Mm. And she guessed it. Yeah. And I'm like, 
you know Deadly Spawn? And she's like, oh, I love that movie, this yeah. and this. And it's like one of those things where the glass breaks yep, yep. in your brain because you're going, <laughs> holy shit, really? Yeah. But again, it's it's out of ignorance that yeah. you, you just don't expect that. You don't think it is. But trust me, I've met more than a few women horror films that know their stuff and can talk you under the table just as we can. Yeah. Oh, my God. When I first met Xena yeah. um, at the Texas Frightmare, you know, like... We, we've, we like, I, I can't wait to have her on the show, but um, we've been sort of adjacent with each other ever since, I would say, 2010 or something. That's when I first started Film Deviant, and that's when she first started her thing, you know? So we've always been right there with each other, her, do, her doing her thing, me doing my thing, and just sort of intersecting every now and then. But when I first met her at that Texas Frightmare, we were just discussing all these movies, and she was listing off all, like, to me, anybody that walks up to me and starts talking Italian movies, that's just my, you know, it's my aphrodisiac or whatever you want to call it. She started listing off all these obscure Jolly. And I was like, girlfriend, <laughs> let's go somewhere. And, but, oh, my God, like, she's amazing. And it's not that it's, you know, when somebody approaches me, whoever it is, when they start talking Italian horror, for me, it's like, okay, well... I'm waiting for, like, the titles to pop up, and then I know who, like, where they are in this, like, Italian horror landscape or whatever. She fucking, she listed off, um, what was the one that, oh, I'm trying to think, uh, I, I, I can't, it escapes me, but she, 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 she set a title and it blew my mind, you know what I mean? It was just one of those things that I was like, oh my god. You know about this movie. Only like a handful of people that I know know about this movie or whatever. I forgot what it was. Um, oh, I, it was... Uh, fuck. <laughs> What's the one uh, that's like Last Hill on the... Last House on the Left, but on the train? Last House on the Beach? No. The fucking the the one where oh the train one yeah uh, night train murders that's the one yeah yeah she was like oh my god that one was so grisly and everything and I was like I can't I'm st- I'm just standing there thinking she's seen night train murders holy shit you know <laughs> um, but no she's awesome and yeah like it it like I'll I, I don't mean to sound like a blubbering you know uh, male whatever but when I was growing up. The people that I was talking about these films, they were all male. And I don't know if it was something like, you know, I, I, I skateboard as well. And in 2020, you just see a lot more females picking up a skateboard and doing their thing and actually shredding a lot harder than males do, you know. So I think it's a, it's a very, it's an amazing time because you're seeing a lot of female filmmakers. You're seeing a lot of female horror fans you're seeing a lot of female, you know, eccentric things happening. And that's that's an amazing thing for everybody, you know, like um, whether it's colors or whether it's gender, whether it's uh, even fuck like, uh, you know, gay, bi, all that stuff. Like, it's amazing that like horror as a genre is so accepting. Um, but I will say it's accepting to, for those that know what the fuck they're talking about. Well, <laughs> yes, yes and no. It, it, it is, it is kind of like the great equalizer because if you find someone that's passionate mm-hmm. about films as you are, mm-hmm. but not even as much, but just that's passionate about films. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It literally doesn't mean if they're 
black, red, green, or yellow, mm-hmm. whatever they're oriented, whatever. Yeah. You like this movie? Oh my God, we're gonna and we're gonna have this conversation. Yep. That it, it transcends everything else. Right. It's not a guy talking to a girl. It's two horror fans talking about movies. Yeah, yeah. At at its basic level. Yeah. But I also will say the one of the thing if you are a younger fan, mm-hmm. the biggest mistake that you can make is a pretend that you know more than you do. Yeah. You shouldn't be um you shouldn't be embarrassed that you what you haven't seen. Absolutely. You yeah. should be excited right. that you have all of these great films yet to discover. Yeah. Um, so I, I've, I've had conversations with newer fans that get a little nervous or they get intimidated by people that have more experience or to watch more because they don't feel that they're on that level. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that because all you can do is take in all that information mm-hmm. and you should come away with a list of movies to watch or to find. Yeah afterwards yeah. because I am if I'm talking to someone and they've never seen The Beyond mm-hmm. I'm envious as hell that oh they God. get to watch The Beyond for the first time yes yeah so I, I was telling AC that the other day uh, Aaron uh, whom I also do uh, a Jallo podcast for Ian's uh, yeah, Kicking, Kicking the, the Seat, seat. Um, I'm so envious of Ian because he gets to watch all these movies for the first mm-hmm. time. You know, <laughs> that's what that's part of the journey. It's like yeah, I think of all these titles, and then like he's watch, like I'm living vicariously through him again. Like you know, oh no, and God. that's 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 the beauty. Of, that's how we can watch it for the first time. Yeah, is if you pass a movie on to somebody else who's never seen it, then having that conversation, or if you're watching it with them. Mm-hmm. You are literally watching it with his eyes or with their eyes because they're you've seen it a hundred times. You know when this is going to happen. You know this is you're not going to jump when this shock scare comes up. But right. when they do, it's that momentary like oh, yep, I remember yep, that. Yep. Um, and that that's that's really really cool. I think it's cool that you say that because it's such a thing. You know, with anything, um, anything, people just want to impress people, right? And, uh, you know, they, they almost like, oh, yeah, I know this and I know that. But meanwhile, they, ha- they don't know. They haven't seen these films. I, we've literally been in circles where some of these uh, friends of ours, they'll whip out a fucking pa- a pad and a pen or like on their phone and jot down some of these titles that they've yeah. never seen before. I think that's an amazing thing. I know thing. I have. Yeah. Even. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen a lot. Yeah. And, and that's, again, that's one of the mm. beauties of the film horror film genre you're never going to see everything. Mm. I still see stuff from 30 years ago that go, how did I never hear this before? Yeah, yeah. How did I, nobody's ever told me this before. Yeah. Um, and then as a fan, it's your job now to go, hey, Brian, have you seen this movie? Mm-hmm. you got to check this out. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Yeah. That's how we keep this genre alive. And it's cool too. Like, I don't know if you want to speak on it real quick or whatever, but you know, just because we're some of these like older horror fans or whatever, it doesn't mean because there there are people out there that are like, oh fuck the new shit. I'm into like the classics. I'm into the masterpieces from the old you know the old days or whatever. And it's like they they put up a wall and now they're missing out on some of this amazing shit that comes out like these days. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to just stay open to everything out there. You know. But but on the flip side of that, there's mm-hmm. newer fans that don't like the old stuff. Really. It's black and white. I'm not watching black and white. I'm not going to watch a silent huh. movie. What are you, nuts? <laughs> so it, it is, it's funny to see both sides of that. Yeah. Because, yes, there are predominantly older fans tend mm-hmm. to shy away from the newer ones because yeah. it's too gory or I don't like that stuff. Yeah. But I've also had conversations with younger fans 
when you mention black and white movies, they're mm-hmm. like, eh. Yeah. You talk about Night of Living Dead or anything classic, mm-hmm. they're okay with. But outside of that, mm-hmm. so it's a shame on both levels yeah. because you're potentially missing out on phenomenal right. movies. Right. I mean, I, I probably tend to stay in the older ones. Mm-hmm. 80s on on back because that's what I grew up on mm-hmm. but I still watch a lot of newer ones yeah it may be harder to impress me with modern ones because mm-hmm. been there done that mm-hmm. and it's hard to see something original yeah um, especially coming from Hollywood yeah uh, well can't, I mean, can't wait for that new the thing that's gonna be awesome <laughs> oh my god um, but I mean, but again a perfect example is, and I met, I go through this in the book, in 2014, I think there was like four movies that featured women mm-hmm. in the main character. Fucking blew me away. Mm-hmm. You got Starry Eyes. Mm. You have uh, Taking Love of Deborah Logan. Oh, my God. You yeah. had um, Babadook. Mm-hmm. Just all in that year. All right? in 2014. Wow. Fucking amazing cinema. Yeah. And that featured a, a female in the main character. Yeah. Uh, so you, there's always good cinema. Yeah, always yeah, out there. Yeah. You just gotta dig through the drudges sometimes to to find that. But. And, and not to mention, because you just said, you know, it's hard to find things that are original these days. Fucking Richard Stanley came out with like a feature film in the theater, like recently. Did he? Oh, good. <laughs> yes. So I mean, like I, I we we had different experiences watching that film. But I just I champion the fact that he was still out there doing his thing mm-hmm. and doing it in such an original manner. Because yeah. despite whatever I, feelings that I had about the movie, I've never seen this thing before. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's so it was so original. He's now a tr- he's a true filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's like I don't know if you started watching that show on HBO, uh, Lovecraft Country. You know that was filmed in Elburn. Get or, the fuck out of here. Where Dawn works, about twenty minutes from here. Holy shit! Yeah. I'm not shitting you. I'm recording this episode, and Lovecraft Country was filmed 20 minutes from here, just so you guys know. <laughs> parts of Crazy. it were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they filmed some of the city parts in Elmore. Oh, that's which cool. Is, yeah. That's awesome. Um, but, like, I feel like Lovecraft is back in a big way. And, you know, you, you sometimes you see people riding that wave, and then the ones in the front, you have, like, you have somebody like Richard Stanley who hasn't made, like, a... Like a big movie like this, like that's been talked about in quite a while. You mm-hmm. know? So, just seeing that is amazing. Like I think this new wave of like Lovecraftian horror, um, you know, it's like everything. If you if you if you pay attention to the way the genre works, sometimes you see it in waves. You know, paranormal stuff and then found footage stuff. Right now, I think like Lovecraft and Stephen King are both hot. You know what I mean? Stephen King's always been. Anything but, with his name on it. Doesn't mean it's good, but it's popular. <laughs> True, yeah. Um, so, no, I think it's really cool to see people like a Richard Stanley come out and do, like, you know, mm-hmm. cool stuff out there. Um, anything else you want to add? <laughs> I would just, I would say to anybody that's a fan, never stop looking for other films, whether they were made yesterday or... 50 years ago mm-hmm. um, the more you watch the more you're going to appreciate it the more you're going to recognize certain things um, you'll pick up on it, it's almost a negative thing because you'll see how unoriginal some of the more 
like Hollywood movies are. Yeah. Um, but you go back to the early stuff and you see what the stuff they were getting away from or getting away with. Yeah. Um, I was watching a movie a couple of days or last week from 1933 where a girl or a lady goes up to a cop and says, how's your sex life? <laughs> this is 1933. Yeah. <laughs> you're never going to hear that. I mean, that was all pre-code yeah. where they were getting away with stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But there's a lot of dark subtext in some of those films. Island mm. of Dr. Moreau and, mm-hmm. I mean, there's bestiality in there oh, and yeah. everything. Yeah. But, again, I'm not trying to um, shit on the newer movies because there is still a lot of talented people out there. Yeah. Um, I, I think your, your best bet at finding those people is in the independent, mm. uh, lower budget, because they, they don't have five producers telling them, well, you need to have a dog in here. Yeah. You got to have this. Right. You got to have this. Right. Um, they're being able to make films the way they want to make it. And that's what Richard Stanley did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's tough. I mean, I'm not saying that there's no good Hollywood films, but they're, they're tougher. Yeah. They're tougher to come by. Yeah. Um, and, and, and also you can't have one of the things going back to your original point, as far as the internet, Mm-hmm. You you can't we we as a as film fans mm-hmm. you can't criticize someone for liking a film. Yeah. As much as you may disagree with them, mm-hmm. and unless you're kidding around, because again we do this all the time mm-hmm. as far as what films we like or don't like, and and give each like other Van Helsing, you know. Yes, yes Van Helsing, <laughs> and you fucking outed me on that. Damn you. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I've I've seen uh, fans that you know they want to shit on someone because they liked the movie or didn't like a movie. Yeah, and yeah, there's a lot of that. Yes, we can criticize the film. I personally didn't like this, mm-hmm. but you, you can't criticize someone's opinion. Mm-hmm. Now they may have an uninformed opinion, mm-hmm. and maybe they think this is the greatest movie ever because they haven't seen it a hundred times that we have before. Yeah, so it's not that original to us. Yeah, but. Maybe someday they'll realize that. Yeah. But I, I think we, as a as fans, we need to, you know, someone says, hey, I, I love this movie. And you go, really? Yeah. Explain it, you know, why? And, and mm-hmm. have a conversation as opposed to, what are you, fucking nuts? Mm-hmm. You obviously don't know anything. Yeah. It, that's not a way to build a conversation. Because what you could do, here, here's your two, uh, your two theories. A guy comes up and says, oh, I loved Hollow- the new Halloween. Yeah. What are you, fucking nuts? <laughs> Conversation ends. Yeah, yeah. Instead of going, really, I didn't care for that because I thought it was derivative of this. What about, have you seen this movie? And you start talking and you start throwing titles out. Mm-hmm. You have a conversation. Uh-huh. And if anything, maybe that guy walks away going, let me check out some of these other films. Uh-huh. Or he may come up and say, I liked it because of this and this. That makes me go, oh, fuck, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So... If you have a conversation, you doesn't mean you're going to walk away loving the movie or he's going to walk away hating it, mm-hmm. but you have a conversation and you listen to his points, mm-hmm. it could mean something. Now, it still may you go, you're still nuts. That yeah. movie sucks. You're yeah. still crazy. Yeah. But I think we need to do that. I think we need to be able to do that and keep it serious as fans and have that discussion instead of going, you like fucking Van Helsing? Are you nuts? <laughs> 
So, again, it, it's it's something that I think as fans we need to we ourselves need to change. Well, S- same thing as far as to continue that. If a film's made by a female, a woman filmmaker, yeah. if they're made by uh, someone from the someone that's gay, you can't judge that. You got to look yeah. at the final product yeah. and see if it's entertaining. Yeah. And judge people on their work, not on them. Yeah. And I think that's something that we all need to do. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, let's actually try that experiment real quick. Like, ask me uh, if I enjoyed the the the, the Suspiria remake. They made a remake? <laughs> Brian? I, I think that's Brian, one. <laughs> did you enjoy the Suspiria remake? It fucking sucked, John. <laughs> no, I mean, you know. If you're going to get an argument or ask you for an <laughs> argument, you're not going to get it from me. I think I hated it worse than you did. No, actually, you're right. Like, you know. I, you know, I, I, I tried watching it again, and I, I didn't like it anymore. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know what that says about me. But, but again, there are there as much as I dislike the film, mm-hmm. it is it is something that you can have a discussion with instead of going. Yeah, it just sucks. Because that movie it. is loved. Like people fucking love that movie. Well, you know, they're off their medication. <laughs> they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But uh, again, it, it's I would love to have a conversation with someone who, uh, who loves that film. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to change your opinion. Mm-hmm. But you can see their points, and that you could express your points, and mm-hmm. that's that's what you need to do. Yeah. You don't have to agree on everything, because then that would make, if every movie we all loved, right. that would make conversations boring. boring. Yeah, absolutely. We just finished our, our sentences together. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Wise Words by Mr. John Kitley, uh, who, who wrote the book Discover the Horror. Um... A really good book. If 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 you're you know you guys are stuck in this pandemic, I recommend a lot of reading, and you can start off with reading this amazing book. You know, I'll, I'll have all the links in my description. Um, real quick, I, I just want to here. Let me because I I I, I uh, opened up with an excerpt, and I found another excerpt in here. Oh my god! That I, I just want to. Are you going to read with. it, or are you going to make it up? No, no. I'm, this is uh, page sixty nine. In uh, Discover the Horror. <laughs> um, so as I looked into his eyes, what the I f- imagined him by my side. Discover the Horror. It's a good book. Uh, John, thank you for being on this fucking show. <laughs> How do you delete this? <laughs> Really appreciate it. I, I think um, from when I first started this, like you were one of the first ones that I asked to be on the show, and now finally I've been, I've been uh, avoiding it till now. <laughs> oh my god! Um, what about this? Oh my god! <laughs> you are such a shitty host, I, dude. Uh, why do you think I have five people that listen to this thing? Um, you can find him at uh, www.critley's critley. <laughs> and I'm the one that's supposedly drinking. <laughs> Were you seriously drinking? Yes, I was drinking. Holy shit! Oh, okay. Seltzer water. Whatever, man. Uh, you can find him uh, www.kitleyscrypt.com. That's with a K, uh, KK, 
Kitley's Crypt. Only two. Yes, <laughs> very important these days. Uh, but again, I'll have everything linked in the description uh, where you can find John, where you can find his amazing book. Um, and yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, John, for being on my show. You're most welcome, <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, I knew. Dude, I was telling, um, before I go, I was telling Aaron. Uh, so I, 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 somebody called my day job yesterday, okay? And I answered the phone saying my first name, Brian, you know? And we're talking, and, and she was like, because I, I, I mentioned in a previous episode that my job is coming to a close and I'm about to lose it. Um, I'm not so lose it, it's just someone well, else is going <laughs> to. So this individual was very distraught, telling me, oh my God, it sucks that you're going to, you know, that you're closing down and all this stuff. So anyway, like we go on this, like, I don't know, 10 minute discussion of this, right? And she's trying to console me and say, you know, I have the, I'm, I'm a firm believer that one door closes and the other one opens. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a firm believer in that as well. Thank you so much. And then right before she hangs up, good luck to you, Kevin. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously, dude. <laughs> and I clearly said that my fucking name was Brian. So I don't know how the hell she, she heard Kevin. <laughs> so it, it just worked for you even better because we know so many Brian's. Yeah. We didn't need another Brian. So Kevin just, either that or that's just what Aaron heard. And But uh, I, I, I texted Aaron right after that that's phone funny. call. I was like, holy shit. Like, I don't know. Maybe you should just change your name. <laughs> Maybe I should. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening, all three of you. Um, feel free to reach out if you have any questions. I have my email linked in the descriptions. I don't know what the next episode's going to bring, but it's not going to be anywhere near as fun as this one was with, with the staple, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> thanks so much for listening, guys. I love you all. Take care of yourselves and each other.